welcome to the Cheer Up Podcast with me, your host, Michael Cheer. Now, I don't know how many people out there are listening to me, but I'm so excited to be starting my own podcast. I'll be focusing on the importance of our mental health and trying to raise further awareness in what I believe is a slow-growing movement in society. Is there something you know that's holding you back or stopping you from achieving your goals? Maybe it's the fear of judgement, or the fear of rejection, or maybe it's the really scary one, the fear of failure. If the answer's yes, you're in the right place. Let's be honest, we all have something in our lives that's caused us a level of distress or pain, especially right now with what's going on around the world with Covid. It's important to realise that you're not the only one dealing with something. After a number of years struggling with various types of anxiety, I've been able to take advantage of the whole Covid situation in a positive way. I've taken a step back and focused on my own issues, and personally, this time has been a blessing in disguise. I've learned so much in such a short space of time that I really want to share with you, in the hope that you too can find a spark in your life that can change it for the best. There's an aeroplane analogy I've heard numerous times from a number of people which I really love. For those of you who haven't heard it, it's about realising and wanting to develop a degree of change that can shift the direction of your life in the long run. For example, when a plane takes off, the pilot has to do all his or her calculations for directing the plane towards its destination. Now, if there's even a one degree change in the calculation, the longer the flight goes on, the plane's direction will shift. That, in essence, is the idea of making small changes in your life that in the long run will have a profound effect in your life. And what's great about this is that if you know where you want to go but don't know what you need to do to change, I'd like to share with you what I've learned in the hope that it can help you make the changes that you want to get your life in the direction you want it to go. I want to give you an intro into what to expect from this podcast and lay down the foundations of what I've experienced which has led me to this point in my life. As mentioned, the main struggle for me has been a close to 10 year battle with a number of different forms of anxiety, so I know what it feels like to be in those low places. I'm looking forward to sharing my story with you, to also try to play my part in breaking stigmas about opening up, accepting and dealing with whatever mental health challenges you're facing, particularly from a male perspective. In my opinion, where we are in society with men's mental health is something that needs addressing and more needs to be done to helping men to find a more natural way of communicating their problems. This is one of the driving forces behind my desire to launch my own podcast. Now I will say this, there are going to be some sensitive topics that I will discuss along the way, but I want to make it clear that I'm not trying to cause any offence, and to be honest that's a subject that I want to be talking about in further detail at some point down the line. So now I've given you a taste of what to expect. I hope you enjoy this journey with me, and let's get into it. Before I tell you my story, I want to talk to you about stigmas and reasons why people are reluctant to speak up about their mental health issues. The subject of mental health has become a growing topic of discussion given the events of this year and the effects of COVID-19 on people's lives. Whether it's the result of people losing their jobs or being furloughed, or whether it's the fact that people are unable to do the things they want to do or see the people they love. As mentioned in the intro, I was able to take some time as a result of being placed on furlough myself and focus on my mental health. And in that time, I was introduced to Tony Robbins. For those of you who don't know who Tony is, he's an author, entrepreneur, and life strategist, among other things. And the lessons I've learned from Tony seem so simple, yet I reckon most people probably don't realise how understanding these can completely change your life. The first lesson I want to discuss with you is that our behaviour as humans is determined by two primary emotions, pain and pleasure. 
Everything we do as humans is determined by a desire to gain pleasure or our need to avoid pain. You may not have noticed it consciously, but we're all naturally programmed to avoid pain rather than seek pleasure. However, since the day we were born, we condition ourselves, consciously or subconsciously, to associate pain or pleasure to certain behaviours. This is the reason why people smoke, for example. At some point, they would have associated some form of pleasure to smoking cigarettes, which outweighs the obvious pain that results from smoking in the future. This is an example that people actually do something to gain what is short-term pleasure despite knowing that there is long-term pain as a result. In some cases, we might be faced with a decision where you must choose between two scenarios that you associate pain with. Naturally, most of us will decide to go with the option that provides less pain. I can give you a personal example here. A situation where you see someone that you're attracted to. You can approach that person and introduce yourself, or you can completely avoid it. If you're like me and you've suffered with social anxiety, you may understand that there's an association to pain by going and introducing yourself because you think you're going to be rejected or judged even before this even happened. But at the same time, there's the pain of avoiding the introduction completely. And after the opportunity has passed, you think to yourself, what if that person was attracted to you and was waiting for you to approach them? Now, out of those two scenarios, which do you think is the least painful? Obviously avoiding the situation completely. For me, it's the associations to pain and pleasure which prevent people from speaking up about their mental health issues. I believe that most people in society, men in particular, associate far more pain to the idea of speaking up about their mental health rather than the pleasure of getting it off their chest. Based on what the majority of people's perceptions were in the past, it's understandable why people might associate pain to speaking up. The reality is everyone's struggling with something in their life, and how we contextualise it is what makes the difference. Addressing something that is painful is difficult, but we have to think of the gains that comes with it as well. Remember, two people can experience the same tragic event, but both react differently because of the context they've given to it. I'm here to tell you that the grass is greener when you regurgitate your thoughts out of your mind by either talking to someone or by writing them down. You'll feel like a weight off your shoulders and you'll begin to associate pleasure with opening up and you'll feel like you've developed a sense of control over yourself. As mentioned, we naturally do more to avoid pain than we do to gain pleasure. Another reason we associate speaking up about our mental health with pain is due to the fear of the unknown. I struggled with this, but aren't we all wary of the unknown? Don't suffer in silence because of what you think other people think of you. Yes, there's a fear of being judged, and consequently there may be an underlying fear of rejection by the people around you. Realistically though, everyone holds a judgement of someone, whether it's positive or negative, and I bet you do too. This is an example of a belief, and I'll definitely be talking about them in a future episode. The harsh truth is, if you're judged by people that you feared being judged by, then they might be the kind of people you want to distance yourself from. My advice to you would be to eliminate toxic people from your life, and people who contribute to making your problems worse. Is it a case that you keep those people in your life because you perceive the pros of having them in your life outweigh the cons? If it's someone close to you, then you have to communicate how you truly feel with them. I'd like to briefly discuss some problems that men face when it comes to speaking up about their mental health. There's no doubt that society plays a huge part in what is considered to be the role of a man. I'd go as far as to say that it's seen in all various types of cultures and religion. This perception that men are expected to bottle up their emotions and man up is outdated and damaging. Man up is a statement I really hate, 
And I think people who still say it need to be educated about the matter and realise the consequences that could stem from it. I have no doubt that the high and worryingly growing statistics of male suicides has a strong correlation with men feeling uncomfortable with speaking up about their problems. In his book Men from Mars and Women are from Venus, Dr John Gray talks about some of the differences between men and women. One of the characteristics he highlights is men's proficiency as natural problem solvers. Now, I'm not saying women aren't by saying this. Gray uses an example of how when a woman comes back home after a stressful day at work and tells her husband, fiancé, boyfriend about it, the man will naturally try to find solutions for her partner's problems, even though that's not what she's after. She just wants someone to listen to her problems. So, as natural problem solvers, bottling in and suppressing all negative emotions is just contradicting men's natural instincts. Working with those emotions and addressing them is effective problem solving, and 99% of the time you can't resolve those problems without effective communication. Problem solving is not ignoring and avoiding issues. This means societal perceptions of what problem solving is needs to reflect that as well. Just going back to the idea that pain is caused by a fear of judgement, this perception that someone is weak for opening up and admitting that they're suffering with their mental health is utter nonsense really. Surely a truer sign of weakness is consciously or subconsciously admitting to a fear of what might happen as a result of opening up. This in my opinion is the main reason why men struggle to speak up about their problems. They let their personal pride get in the way and as a result they get stuck in vicious cycles. From a personal point of view, I've never felt more empowered having opened up and sought the help I needed. In the words of Sherlock Holmes himself, Fear is wisdom in the face of danger. It's nothing to be ashamed of. And the likelihood is, opening up about your mental health isn't going to put you in any sort of danger. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. That's another quote for you, this time from FDR. So I implore any man out there, or anyone quite frankly, who's listening to this and struggling to find the courage to open up. Take that leap of faith. Instead of thinking how your life might change from a negative point of view, consider the positives also. How does that sound? Remember, courage is taking action in the face of fear. I think one of the next steps that society needs to work towards is a transition of beliefs whereby perceptions about mental health align to how we currently treat our physical health. There's no doubt there's a clear difference with how mental and physical health is treated in society, and there probably hasn't been a better time than now that illustrates it. The Covid epidemic has spread around the world within the past year, however it seems like it has exacerbated and created a silent pandemic revolving around mental health. What are we as a society willing to risk before making a change? The reason we keep on top of our physical health is because our mind works ahead of our bodies and it tells us that we need to. If we don't take care of our mental health, our physical health starts to feel the effects of this. When I tell you my story, you'll realise how much this has affected me in my life. My health anxiety had been something I failed to get control of and naturally I got caught in many vicious cycles. I would worry about one sensation, then it would lead to more sensations and then more worries and then back around again. It's scientifically proven that mental health illnesses can lead to symptoms of physical illness. And again, you'll hear about that in greater depth when I tell you my story in the next episode. If you consciously focused on taking care of your mental health in the same way that you take care of your physical health, what would you do differently? I wonder how many of you listening go to the gym. People go to the gym go regularly to ensure their body and physical health is treated well. 
You don't go to the gym once and assume you're now healthy for the rest of your life. Now, what about your mental health? What do you do currently on a daily basis that ensures your mental state is taken care of? I'd make an educated guess that a high percentage of people listening don't have a specific ritual or habit set up focusing on their mental health. I would personally advise journaling. For me, writing down thoughts is extremely therapeutic. And if you want to take it a step further, write down three things you're grateful for. You know what? Think about it right now. What are three things in your life that you're extremely grateful for at this very moment? Be honest, I bet that made you feel a lot better about yourself already. If we were to consider our mental health like we do our physical health, we'd soon realise that bottling in and suppressing emotions is not healthy in the long run. Let me give you an example. Compare if you were to suppress all negative emotions to the point where you have a breakdown, to if you treated your body terribly to the point where you have a heart attack. Granted, a heart attack is an extreme example, but the principle's still the same. Why would you treat your body or mind like a ticking time bomb, then take action after the explosion? I also mentioned the word breakdown there. I want to open your eyes to a new way of thinking about a breakdown. Something that I learned, which has ended up being a bit of a light bulb moment for me. Don't think about a breakdown as a bad thing. Yes, it might feel like you're at rock bottom. But remember, when you're at rock bottom, there's only one way you can go. Usually, when you experience a breakdown, you're also in the process of a breakthrough. At that point, when you think everything is against you, the impossible becomes possible, everything changes, and you act on it. Given that new perspective, it's also worth bearing in mind that the way that you talk to yourself also determines the way that you feel. That includes the labels that you give your emotions and feelings. Accepting your mental health issues is a good first step, but labelling yourself with a mental illness is also not the right way to go about it. If you say you're suffering from anxiety, that can send you down a long, horrible path than if you say you're feeling anxious. By doing so, you acknowledge that to be part of your identity, and you know how hard that is to change. I want to save the importance of the way that you talk to yourself for a future episode. So on that note, I'll end this first episode with a few calls to action. Take control and use pain and pleasure rather than letting pain and pleasure control you. Remember, our lives revolve around the decisions we make. And one decision of opening up and getting your troubles off your chest can change the course of your life. We'll be coming back at various points to the topics of pain and pleasure and you'll soon realise how much of a bearing these two emotions can have on your life. I hope what I share with you will help you decide to make a change and improve the quality of your life. I don't want to bullshit you and say that everything's going to be okay, because if you don't change, how can you expect anything to improve? You must be the one who takes the ball by the horn, so to speak, and take action in order to find that level of inner peace in your life that you desire. I just want to say thank you for sitting through my first episode and putting up with any technical glitches that you may have experienced. I mean, despite being super excited to get this podcast going, recording and editing this first episode was always going to be a little nerve-wracking. But I want to practice what I'm now hoping to preach, and in that taking uncomfortable action will help me and you grow. In the future, I'll be hoping to get some guests to join me and share their knowledge and stories with you. For the first handful of episodes, it will just be me on my own discussing and sharing everything that I can to help you guys. 
oh no, it'll all have been worthwhile if I can simply help one person get their life in the direction they want it, and help someone avoid the same problems I once faced. So I hope you'll join me for my next episode, I can promise you it's going to be a bit longer as well, where I'll be telling you my story and the challenges that I face with my mental health that have led me on a journey to where I am today, sat behind this microphone. Remember, be your biggest supporter and cheer yourself on along the way.